All the latest news, views and reaction to the A-League, the Socceroos and Australian football. This is 442 FM. Hello and thank you for tuning in again to 442 FM. I am your host, Adam Jackson, and with me we have editor Kevin Ayres. Matilda Ayres today. Matilda Ayres? Yeah, I reckon. Yeah? In, in a show of support for <laughs> the women. We, um, we we are recording on International Women's Day, um, and with me to celebrate women's football on uh, Female Football Week, an FFA initiative, Con Stamacostas. Please call me Caltex. <laughs> You've stolen that from yes. Twitter personalities. <laughs> Stealing from Twitter is, I think, it's very much allowed. Very and, much. And encouraged, I think. Encouraged. Um, we've also got a pod debut for 442 contributor Tom Stelzer. Thanks for having me. Oh, I thought, did, did you not, could you not prepare a, a, a woman? <laughs> You're going to call me Tom. Tom, all right. Um, we've also got a guest editor today. Um, Joshua Main, just go and say, say a quick hello. How are we guys? Good to be here. Right. Just for a little bit. But... Yeah, that's enough. Get back to your corner now. <laughs> <laughs> Guest producer um, Joshua has um, prepared our running order um, and got us nice and prepped for today's pod. Oh, so boy, look, it's all neat and tidy for a It's change. really neat, isn't it? <laughs> Underlines. Underlines. My chicken scribble um, is the thing of the past until next week. At least. <laughs> All right. As I mentioned, as I alluded to there, it is uh, International Women's Day as we record. Female Football Week and the Matildas are going to Rio. How do we feel about that? We feel like singing Peter Allen songs. No, there should be a worldwide ban on Peter Allen songs. I'm sorry, it may be appropriate, but it's still not a good song. I've been singing that for four years since Brazil got the Olympics. Yeah, it's just... It's I think it's the the sequined leotard. It's just the mental images it throws up for the maracas. Didn't mm-hmm. you, did, we we used to dance that at school for sport in Australia. Yeah, yeah, that was part of our dancing. That's suburban Australia there. For yeah, right there for you. Uh, in one mental image. Thank you. <laughs> I'm going to be thinking of you with your maracas. Uh, I love them. Now on. Guys, I'm going to move on. Not not too much. We've got got too much to get get through as it is. (laughs) I don't want to hear about Tom's Con's maracas. Um, Mental image that uh, that I never want to return to. Okay. Um, Right, let's let's have a quick recap on some of the Matildas games. Um, We obviously recorded after the Japan game last week. And and since then, we have scored a total of 13 goals. Conceded one. Smashed nine past Vietnam. That was a that walk, helped. walk in the park. Yeah, that certainly helped the stats. But, but I thought we improved every single game. I mean, the first game last week, I was complaining about the shaky defence and how we were lucky to uh, not necessarily concede, uh, but certainly we could have been in more trouble than we uh, we ended up being last week. Every game since then, defence has looked immense, to be honest. Yeah. Um, assured, comfortable... Uh, played out from the back well and were passing well, intercepting well, not committing too soon, staying on the feet, doing everything right, basically. Uh, yeah, I really thought we were improving every every game. Last night, I felt we were turning over a hell of a lot, but so were they. 
Uh, it was, yeah, very cheap turnovers. Um, but generally speaking, just a constant uh, improvement. I thought last night was one of the most intense games I've ever seen, mm. men or women. And uh, the Matildas stepped up. Their key players stepped up. Uh, Kai Simon, Heyman, Gori, um, Van Egmond, the defence. Um, I'll, I'll probably rattle off every single name, but Lydia Williams as well, the goalkeeper. Yeah. The way they it's played, the way they, um, uh, the way the senior players stepped up, and uh, I wrote this down. When you consider that they were in tears when they were on strike, we were at the press conference when they announced that they were going to go on strike and weren't going to, um, and then ultimately didn't go and play in America during that friendly game. Um, they were in tears um, mm. at the fact that they weren't they were on strike and not going to be playing for the Matildas and, th- and to see them in, in with tears of joy that was an amazing thing to watch an amazing moment and they're carrying um, the uh, Olympic program at the moment because the Oli Roos have been shocking but thank goodness they've gone they've gotten through and we get to report on them mm. at the Olympics there's finally there's Olympics football at the Olympics for the first time in 12 years for sure yeah, yeah. Um, both careers dispatched them pretty easily four wins out of four I don't know I don't think last night's was an easy match by any uh, definition they were brutal the bloody North Koreans some of the challenges flying in I think from both sides but especially from Korea were that was savage it was really savage I mean that was as bad as any men's game at all as far as Mm. reckless hard tackles and the refs have been Bizarrely, very lenient, reticent to, yeah. to show a card. I think she was, it was a Kiwi ref, I believe, wasn't it? Well, um, I don't know. Yeah, actually. yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah, you'd think she'd show a bit more kind of trend Tasman, you know, support, but mm. there was no protection <laughs> whatsoever. I thought. No, but I mean, you know, it, it did seem like the referees were under orders not to uh, show the card until it was absolutely necessary because it was the same in every match. Yeah. I mean, last night, um, oh, who got the kick in the pants? Lugazarna. Got an absolute serious kick in the Jennies mm. in retaliation for the uh, her dodgy tackle, must be said. Yeah. But, you know, retaliation should be a red card, or at least a booking. Mm. But no, Lagarza yeah. uh, ended up with the, the yellow, and uh, the Korean player got off scot free. Um, so, yeah, very interesting refereeing, but an absolutely brutal match. Yeah. war. Was that uh, the same player that kicked Lydia Williams as well? Because she had to go through another. Yeah, she had to go through another Matilda's player to get to to Williams. That was, and it was, I think, it was the number ten, the best player on the pitch. Funny th- enough, I was think, just throwing. Yeah, I throwing think the Shane Smeltz had been doing some coaching tips. <laughs> oh, steady on. Um, uh, but Lydia was lucky to escape with all her teeth. I mean, that, that really could have been a very nasty uh, incident. Well, we we saw one with uh, in, in the Adelaide game, didn't we? In the uh, over the weekend with a Mork's goal disallowed for for something that that was pretty similar. Mm, yeah, just scything through players. Um, but Vietnam was uh, excellent training run. Uh, yeah, really good. It, pretty much all it was, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they don't. Who, really who could score? It, it was a competition as who could score from the most acute angle. There yeah. wasn't any goals from corners. I was really upset. About that. <laughs> But having said that, I mean, um, was it Kai Simon's goal? Yeah, 
Uh, that was just that actually should have been physically impossible. I'm sure. I I watched that a few times and I was like, it must have come off the defender. There was no way it could have taken that trajectory and kind of bent round from the way she hit it. And almost she hit it like with her instep and and it curved out and round and nah, nah, I don't know. I think the there might have been a deflection involved, but I mean it was mm. it defied physics basically. I, I was I was trying my hardest to watch it in the below par camera angles to try and because there was no other angle it was just that one angle of the goal mm. I was just like nah it must have it must have taken, but it didn't look like it there wasn't much spin on the ball but hmm. um, so there we go top of the league and Japan not even not qualified what's, what? World Cup finals I think Australia beating them in the first game must have just knocked, just them. knocked them yeah. knocked them out yeah. and yeah. just given Australia the impetus to believe that they could do it because that was that was if you win that first game, that just sets everything up. Mm. I think from uh, not relating to the Matildas, but just coming back to what you were saying about the, the pay dispute earlier last year, um, I'm curious to know what effect that had on the team. Because I think there would have been a great gelling effect among certain parts of it, but there was a split as well, wasn't there? Yeah. R- remind me of the timeline. Uh, it was pre-World Cup. No, it was after post, the World Cup. Post World Cup. After the World Cup. Yeah. Okay. It was it's between like November, those two. I think. Yeah. Yeah. October, November. Uh, so I think there was a couple of players like Simon and Devana were overseas at the time, and I think Devana came out and said she wanted to play, um, and Simon I think was in support of the Matildas playing that game because mm. um, they were overseas. But I mm. think they may have been divided but I think what bring, may have brought them together was the fact that they got they have respect now yeah. they've got enough money to you know can't almost earn a living where they don't have to have a second job I think that must have made them feel that um, because they were successful in getting what they wanted and getting some of what they wanted they're, they're respected now mm. they're, um, and also the conditions they were fighting for better hotels better flights over there so imagine going flying into Japan and being in a better seat and being in a better hotel having said that though I'm, I think I'm pretty sure I saw somebody on Twitter say they got on the flight same flight as oh, really? the Matildas and Matildas were in co- economy again well, there you go uh, <laughs> so, but having said that I think you are right and I think there was this connection between the reward for the performances they put in at the World Cup and just generally and uh, get being rewarded with professional status that you know they can see that there is now a pathway that mm. if, if they do actually get success and they do succeed there's going to be rewards in it and I think right now the Matildas are the hottest properties in football yep. uh, in Australia you know uh, and that's over Melbourne City Aaron Moy um, Brisbane Roar Adelaide United even the Socceroos at the moment uh, who yep. are you know doing as proud too but Matildas flavour of the month and there's got to there's got to be some commercial uh, reward for that as well I, I, I just think it's it's a really nice synergy between the fact that they are now professionals and to the, it was such a professional performance this this tournament so far you know everything has been done with you know, they just look so assured so confident yeah. and um, and yeah that's it shows what a professional contract can do to to settle a, a squad I think especially in terms of the the schedule they had it was such a grueling kind of run of games mm. one a game every two or three days really and yep, they've come yep. through every test with flying colours yep. and they've, they've already qualified top of the group with well I suppose there's a game left against China but yeah they couldn't have done a better job really yeah no I mean it's, it's 100% perfect the other interesting thing has been the coverage on Sivan 
uh, who notoriously are not our best friends in football, but I think they've, they've actually done a, a fairly decent job. Uh, could maybe have done with a bit more female commentary other than just the co-sidekick analysis. Um, but they've also managed to get away from, this is the match, we're going to quickly cut to that in between whatever reruns we're running, mm. and then we'll go back to the reruns. They've done features on the players, they've built up the profile of the, the players themselves, and actually given personality to the Matildas for those that weren't aware of it. And I think that's what we really need to do, is, is build up these personalities and yeah, make, yeah. make these players household names, because they deserve to be. I just wish I could have watched most of that. Because I don't have seven mates on my Foxtel. Can't get it through the normal wire, and the streaming was just terrible. Yeah, my streaming was fine, actually. I, I, I mainly streamed because of the second screening uh, the whole time. But well, my stream was fine. I'll blame my um, my get Wi-Fi to Telstra, Bob, Big Pond Cable, mate. That's where it's at. Ultimate Big Pond Cable, one gigabyte downloads. Uh, yeah. Anyway, right, Matildas are through. Going to Rio. Woohoo! No singing, Con. With my baby. Keep your clothes on! <laughs> we don't want to see that, baby. Right, let's talk A League. Let's start Friday night. It was the game of the round. Um, Tom, you do some very nice team of the week um, features for us. A recap of the weekend. Uh, some entertaining. I gave you a little uh, shout out last week for, for one of your interesting lines from. Uh, I think it was the, on the Phoenix game, but uh, what were your thoughts from the, the Brisbane Wanderers game? Um, I mean, first of all, great game, I thought. The fact that, that we had effectively two comebacks to almost win the game right at the end there. It was two teams, I feel, that you know they've been the kind of front runners for most of the season, mm. but both have had patchy runs of form. Brisbane win convincingly and then get flogged the next round. I think you know it would have been a key result for either team to win it, and the fact that Brisbane have, I think, you know, I thought they both teams played well. I thought Brisbane, yeah, probably deserved to clinch it at the end there. But yeah, all in all, it was a, a great game. Maka, man in form again. Two lovely finishes. That's the craziest fifteen minutes of our league football I've ever seen. Do we say that every week? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Western Wanderers were were going to win it. Mm. They're two. They're two one up, and then they're three two down. And what about the crazy goal by uh, Castellan? Um, it was almost like ballet. All the Brisbane yeah. Hall defenders decided to just fall on the ground um, in one in one motion. I thought that was pretty pretty spectacular to, to be able to do that I, I, I and know. lose your feet. All right, everyone, let's let's just fall to the ground. When, when he pulled it back inside onto his left foot, and it looked like they were in each other's way, and they were kind of like walking on ice, and didn't really <laughs> want to make a challenge, and then a dodgy touch. That I think that just threw uh, balls, and he was just what's going on there, and just managed to get there. But um, uh, yeah, no, it's uh, it's interesting that he, lack of end product. He, he managed to do it. He nearly fucked it up for himself. <laughs> Steady. <laughs> so a great goal. Rating. Great goals by um, Brisbane Raw to uh, to come back. McLaren's the final goal. Wasn't it? Um, that was beautiful, um, and Petrados as well. Mm. Um, yeah, so let's. Uh, I just didn't see that coming. The way um, the Wanderers took the lead, I was very surprised. I've not said this for a while, but Petratos has got one of those names that it's just really, 
it's really nice to hear when, when they score a goal. I think it's like a is it Brenton Speed who always says a Petratus? Yeah, my uh, my missus <laughs> takes great pleasure in Dimmy Petratus's name because she's convinced it's a Harry Potter spell. <laughs> <laughs> Dimmy Petratus. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's a. Uh, I'm gutted. Uh, like him- G- Jimmy Jiggle. He's no longer in there. I'd, I'd like you to do the, the whole Greek pronunciation, Dimitrios Petratos! Because yeah. you could have the Dimitrios and the mm. Petratos. You could emphasise both, but let's stick it to Dimmy. Um, but it was, um, what was it? it was Demas, wasn't it? Who gave the ball away. Yeah, that was a shocking for that goal. Oh, shocking. What a Demas. Moving <laughs> 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 on. Um, anything else to add? We've got a lot to get get through today. We, any, anything else? It was you no. Know, it was it was the game of the round, but um, you know against two of the top teams. Uh, but Adelaide. No, What's hilarious there. is that yeah, two top teams and uh, somebody else comes out comes yeah. out and takes the lead in the league. It was, and it was Phoenix who uh, you had a, a nice nice win last week. Who just got absolutely walloped by the best team in the league. Considerably, quite, yeah, quite easily. I mean, there's what's five rounds to go. I don't think anyone's going to catch them now. I think they'll run away with it, to be honest. It I is. Mean. I mean, it, the the record is just astonishing at the moment. Fifteen games. They haven't been defeated since November, apart from the uh, uh, Champions Champions League. League. Yeah. Uh, domestically, they haven't been defeated since November twenty eighth. Fifteen games without defeat. They've dropped six points in those fifteen games. I mean that's that's frightening. Yeah. Even I don't think even uh, Brisbane Roar during their massive thirty six winning streak were even as good as that. Mm. There was a few more draws in there for uh, Brisbane. This is just devastating for. Um, the, how who's going to stop them? They've got two games coming up against Melbourne City yeah. before the end of the season. That's going to be the biggest challenge for them. But City are. So unpredictable and inconsistent in their form that you can easily see uh, Adelaide rolling them. Well, that's it. they play City at home this weekend. Yeah, and it's so City won last weekend, so they're going to lose this weekend. So yeah, <laughs> that's that's just the pattern. That's how it goes. But um, and more like we were we were really critical of him yeah. at the start of the season. I, I'd put my money on him to be sacked by Christmas. Yep. And what a turnaround! Every grade to him. Yep. Eat, eat my hat. Um. That, I, I can't think of a better turnaround from a, from a season. Oh well, I mean Newcastle Jets. I think probably still take the the biscuit for that when uh, Richard Money got sacked. And oh, was it Richard Money or no? It was uh, uh, Theo, Theo uh, Nick Theodorakopoulos. That's the one. Yeah, uh, ten game, ten defeats, or ten games of that win. Yeah, Van Egmon came in and took them to the final uh, that year. Which was a pretty good turnaround. Yeah, that, that was a so serious turnaround. Second year or third year, I can't remember. Two thousand seven hundred double to to maybe top that. Yeah. Fair enough. But I, th- I wouldn't bet against them doing it right now, to be honest. Uh, they've got the premiership before, but I think this could be the year that they get the championship. Stefan Mork, Tom. Yeah, I think he's been really good since he's since he's come in every week. I mean, he's he's part of a team that's just functioning. In every part of the, on every part of the field, it's the kind of forms breeding confidence, and the confidence breeds better form. And they just don't mm. look like they're going to come unstuck anytime soon. I think everyone's playing well; they're working really well as a unit. And 
I think, I mean, you know, because people, I think, even had question marks over their strike, their strike power. They're scoring goals for fun, as yeah. it is, creating heaps of opportunities. I think especially their passing, their attacking passing is brilliant. And, yeah, it just, I can't see them losing a game for the rest of the season. This, really. I mean, that, it doesn't seem that long ago that I, we were sitting here asking the same question, where are the goals going to come from? Mm. We can't see the goals coming from anywhere. Since then, those 15 games without defeat, 30 goals for, 8 goals against. Astonishing. Yeah. Two goals a game, average, and uh, one goal every uh, second game in uh, reply. Yeah. Fantastic. Absolutely astonishing. Great defence, great goals. Who's going to stop them? It's still pretty tight, though. You know, you look at the table, they're in form... And they are head and shoulders above, but actually only a point ahead of Wanderers and yeah, and but Raw. they were almost in the bottom of the table. Well, they were. Yeah, they were. Around day, they were last. Yeah, so I mean, they've gone from dead last to dead front, dead first, and it's only because that's them just taking the lead, and who knows when they're going to next lose a match. Mm. And I think everyone has been getting excited about Fonja Rawley, but Karuska is impacting just as much as him, I think. Because yeah. he, he's passing the way. I think Kariska is more of a challenge to Moy is uh, yeah. uh, in that yeah kind of in terms role. of the that role yeah. Fonaroli is just head and shoulders above everyone else as far as scoring goals is concerned. Yeah. Tw- we did the the graphic during the week. It's twenty goals for Fonaroli, fifteen for Barisha, fourteen for McLaren, yeah. and then ten each for Castro and Moy. So you know he's well ahead. Unless Castro suddenly pulls ten goals out of his bag and mm. catches up. Gloria scoring some goals at the moment as well, but it could happen. Um, could we see a late charge from the Mariners? Do you think they could do an Adelaide-like um, run of form and, and make it into that top six? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I think Phoenix is. are in serious soapy bubble though. Yeah, I mean, you got to ask the questions of why is it all gone so wrong for them? Because they started off the season pretty well. Uh, as did the Jets, and the Jets fell away, but the Jets have now come back into form. The Phoenix just don't look like they've got anything. Yeah, they feel like they've been treading water for most of the season, really. They yeah. have the odd decent performance, and then they've just got no no aim. The teams around them, like you said, are, have you know given a good account of themselves, tried to move up the table, and they've just... Just, just stuck there, fall just floating. away so badly. You know, they had the distraction, obviously, of the 10-year licence row, but the one should have been impressing for that, and they did to begin with. Mm. And then, since the speculation began that the 10 years thing was in the bags, it turned out to be, the performance has just fallen off dramatically. And they need to do a lot, lot better if they are going to stay in the league. I mean, the, the, that review is just coming every four years. They, get, uh, the, they can't get away with those kind of performances. And I, last week we were talking about this, and Bonavaccia was one of the names mentioned and I wasn't going to be too damning about him because I wasn't convinced, sure off the top of my head how many games he's played he's played 21 Never. Yeah, he missed one of them I think uh, and you know more needs to come from him yeah I, I think it, it's the people he's got around him as well you know they, they made some poor recruitment choices at the start of the season and a couple of gambles and it's not really paid off for them they've not replaced a, a striker so Bonavaccia you know he's he's there with the ball in that almost that number ten or kind of a late burst from from number eight, and he looks ahead of him and he doesn't really have anyone there. 
you know, you've got you've got McGlinchey that's almost he almost isolates himself at times, McGlinchey. Which when you've got when when he's one of your better players that you need him to step up and actually produce. He's, you know, he can sometimes be found out on that far left wing, not really impacting, not, you know, putting like, yeah, impacting himself on the game rather than just expecting it to come to him. Which, I don't know, they they need their big personalities to step step up, and Sarpong didn't, and Krishna has been has had injuries all yeah. um, all season pretty much. So, you know, you, you look to the bench and you've got Blake Powell, you've got Big Hamish, and. You know they're not good enough. You know they're not going to compete with the likes of your Fornarolis, your um, Karuskas. Yep. Even the wind can't help them now. <laughs> uh, it's just coming into autumn though, so maybe maybe well the weather will start to play a factor again. Just before we move on, I wanted to shout out to um, Sergio Thurio's attempted clearance <laughs> in the game there, which was just oh, yes. a moment of it was pure yeah. magic. It reminded me of um. I don't ever remembers the um, Thierry Henry where he used to go to shoot with one foot and toe poke it with the other. Yeah, it was yeah, just yeah, like yeah, that, yeah, but yeah. obviously completely unintentional and <laughs> hundred times more hilarious. Um, Goodwin, no, we, we, I, I, I like a little Goodwin chat. It's nice to it's nice to highlight some of the. Um, was he? Cause it, cause he, he was he, he was in doubt, wasn't he? Was he for, for the game? I didn't think he was. I didn't realise um, Oh, concussion. From, from the week oh, yes. Yeah, he was having yeah. to undergo a, a medical check before he was allowed to play. Mm. But yeah, I think he was He was almost certainly going to make it. Uh, but yeah, he's just a star. Mm. Love Goodman. Love Adelaide. Yeah. Should probably go there one day. Yeah, I've never, I've never watched a game down there yet. Yeah, I think that's, that's going to be on our bucket list. Mm. Could watch the final there. Yeah, Get the could very well be. Is, it, is, is there an Adelaide podcast that wants to do a four four two? Yeah, get in touch with us. Take us, out, take us out for a curry. Hit me. Oh, this, I, I went for a really good curry in Adelaide, actually. Yeah, yeah, really good. Excellent. Anyway, let's move on to Melbourne City Sydney FC. Khan strokes his head. Do, do you have any A League? I was Sydney fan as well. Sydney fan as well. Ah. Oh. Oh. This is going to get tipping the balance a little bit here. Yeah. Josh, good, good. <laughs> come back, come back to our side. Kev's a part-time Perth Glory fan. Yeah, very part-time. Whenever I can get onto the bench, do my dance. Um, <laughs> uh, and I was Gold Coast, so uh, I was, I was, I was the other person. <laughs> oh well, you're the White Shoe Brigade. <laughs> right, Fornaroli. You know, we've already had a chat about him, but what an absolute start. Well, Please I just think the wind went out of Sydney sails once Holosko was rugby league tackled by... Oh, I forgot his... Kisnorbo. And uh, I think there should be a new rule in the A-League that any time you decide to play AFL or rugby league during an A-League match, you should get sent off. I feel like that challenge, was, it was the very definition of an orange card. He knew exactly what he was doing. It wasn't yeah. even one of those cynical, I'll give him a bit of a nudge. No, he was taking him down no matter what because he knew, Yeah, I'm going to call the refs, but he can't send me off here. There's a player there. Yeah, I'm done. It was perfect. I mean, it was infuriating, but it was you know, the right decision. I don't know, it paid off almost straight away for them. They scored off Sydney's free kick. Well, they scored off the free kick, didn't they? But And that's what made it even worse. That just right after that moment, you're... 
the the emotions are running. Um, there's a sense of injustice, and then straight away, they they fall asleep and they decide to just ignore Thonyaroli in the box. I can't mm. believe that happened. I mean, fair enough, Calva um, struggled against him, but at least he put him in a position where he crossed the um, passed the ball. Yeah. Then you've got opportunity to set your defence, and they just f- left him alone, well, unmarked. The covering defenders coming back. All attracted out to the ball. Yeah. Left, he just pulled off at the back post, and he was in eight. So, some of the defending in this, I, I don't know. I've been concentrating on the defending this this round, and it's some of the early defense defensive play is shocking. Um, There's four clean sheets this week. I don't think that I don't think that has ever happened in the A League before. <laughs> yeah, as I, as I say that, but you look at the, some of the goals that can were conceded. I mean, we all talked up uh, the Sydney FC Matt German in the Asian Champions League, mm. but he was responsible for the two other goals that. Fonyaroli scored. Oh, that second one—you can't. He, he wasn't at fault for that. Yes, he was. The what? second one where he dived in. Um, <sighs> that uh, that. got the Fonyaroli got the ball and just dives in. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give him. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt for really? that. That was. I don't know. That was world class. That was a world class touch. That. Stats for this season are off the charts. I, don't know. I thought those for those two goals just not. Oh yeah, I feel like he's had, especially recently, such a good season, and he was uncharacteristic uncharacteristically pretty shocking I thought against Melbourne sorry the second one I'll, I'll give you that yeah he, he took a swing at, with his with his right foot didn't he completely oh, missed yeah, that it that was the third one that was the, the third the, one the final goal yeah. yeah that's yeah mm. I'm trying to find the rule for penalties so I can have another rant but I can't <laughs> 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 just, should we wait no no talk amongst they, ourselves they talked about well that that, that um so he's through on goal. Let's go through on goal, right? And they say if you deny a goal-scoring opportunity, obvious so, goal-scoring opportunity. So it's not a, not denying a goal; it's just denying an obvious goal-scoring opportunity. So even though Wilkinson, how far was he from the? It was about 30, 35 meters. There's quite a long way to go there, then. But do, do you take into account he has got blinding speed as well? has got blinding speed, right? He's probably not going to goal, score a goal, but this year he has produced many goal-scoring opportunities. True, <laughs> many, <laughs> many goal-scoring opportunities that aren't that aren't turning to goals. I just on that, no, I was looking at a Holosco's stats and just did an Instagram thing for him. He is Sydney FC's international man of mostery. He has got Sydney <laughs> FC's most goals, six most assists, four shots. 38 yeah. shots on or off target. He's also been subbed off the most with nine. He's got 30, he's conceded 38 fouls, which for an attacking player seems astonishing that he is the guy fouling most mm. uh, of, of the whole team. Offside 16 times and also the most yellows, six. So, you know, he's both good and bad. Uh, which is why he's very frustrating as a Sydney FC fan because he's. he's He's got the ability, but he just frustrates. And even that, even that game against City, there was a couple of chances that he had, but he just kept on missing. Some he had an open. I think he had a header, an open header as well in the first half before all the drama. I think that you know that was. I don't think Sydney played too badly, especially in the first half. Mm. They're just going forward, somewhat dysfunctional. They can half create chances, they can never finish. And I think the difference in the game was City have Fornaroli and Sydney don't. That was he scored three. Mm. You know. It was pure, you know, goal-scoring instinct from Bournemouth to take all those chances. Sydney. The thing is, though, I still say that for 
And I think Fornaroli is brilliant and done a fantastic job. But if Fornaroli was to break his leg tomorrow, I think Navio probably would have stepped up and done, got similar stats, to be honest. It, it was good to see him back. You know, that, that link-up play between him and Fornaroli is, um, you know, take that out of, the, um, out of that team and, you know, you can, you can see the difference. Him, just him coming back for like I think he he assisted with the assist two of the goals or yeah he, it was his punt upfield on the first one yeah and then he played Fornaroli into the box on the second I think Moy yeah. and Navio and Fornaroli is such a lethal combination and they all live off each other uh, if you remove any one of them um, you are seriously subtract subtracting from the the strength of that side but I still think that you know Navio probably could fill the role that Fornaroli is playing uh, but Fornaroli plays it to perfection uh, and City kept a clean sheet which is something that is is quite rare um, but you know you kind of expect that against City don't you really <laughs> there's another there's another step that I saw um, alright then um, <laughs> uh, uh, the war game I'll give I'll give him his, um, his uh, I mentioned um, Philip Mikalev the war game blogger mm-hmm. came up with his stat um, which is a true stat Sydney FC have not beaten any of the teams in the top six except for the Western Sydney Wanderers this season so I think that says a lot about mm. how they're slowly slowly making their way down the ladder and inviting Perth Glory to have the top six place wow that's to not be able to beat any of those other teams I think that's a big reason why we're we are where we are now I'm, I'm doubting that stat in my head I'm just, I'm just, that can't be right yeah. they've been in the top they haven't top be- two or three they haven't this be- season yeah. Yeah, I can't think of a no, game where they have won against the top six. Mm. I'm struggling to remember a game Sydney's won. Full stop. It's it been, been about seven weeks. Yeah. It'll be eight weeks. My memory doesn't last that long. <laughs> Goldfish memory. All right. Seeing as though we've got two Sydney fans on the on the pod, let's talk Sydney woes briefly. Arnie, he felt he looked a bit dejected in uh, in the presser after the game. He was it wasn't his normal um, chipper self. Happy-go-lucky guy. You know, he's lost his, his, his zest for life a little bit. He's always such a barrel of laughs at the best of times. Well, is he, is, is, not... oh, there's a question coming. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll ask it to Tom because you've uh, pod debut. Arnie gone before the end of the season or at the end of the season? I think they'll have to wait to the end of the season. As badly as they have been playing in the league, they still can turn it around. They're only just outside the top six. They you know, did well in the Asian Champions League midweek. Who's to say the way the league's going at the moment? I think it's is it eight points separate first and sixth, nine. So Sydney is mm-hmm. only nine points off the top with five games left. I think you have to make a decision at the end of the season. I think it'd be a bit you know knee jerk to do anything now, especially I mean against Melbourne there was a lot of players out. They had a pretty makeshift defence. I think he definitely deserves criticism for the way they've performed in a lot of games this season, but I think he deserves the rest of the season to to turn it around what would be the the best outcome um, f- for for Sydney to finish this season for Arnie to keep his job for UConn I oh, can't if if they miss out on the top six and they get knocked out of the ACL group stage then ask me that question again mm-hmm. and I'll give you a very quick answer but at the moment it's too soon but if if they qualify in the top four and get out of the group stage then I don't think he gets to keep his job. I think he keeps going, keeps on doing what he's doing. You know, keeps, mm-hmm. you know, uh, stays at Sydney FC, keeps on making the decisions because he's had a big input in who the marquees are. 
Um, he's changed a lot of the culture around. But this season, a lot of his decisions haven't worked. So, mm. um, if he can maintain, as I said, if he's, I don't think Sydney FC fans will be happy unless we're in top four and get out of the group stage. So, in terms of some of the recruitment coming to you, Kev, uh, Dimitrovic was best player last year, pretty much. Um, you know, bar Janko, maybe. Um, not replaced Janko. You know, Ninkovic, I, I thought he was brilliant in the Champions League um, in the week. He was mm. he was one of the best players. Tavares had a, had a great game in the Champions League as well, but, you know, they've not really done it either. You know, Fatty, will he get another year contract? You know, all, all these players... A lot of these foreign players that have that have come up, come over, will they will they stick around? Will they get another year? Or will they, is Arnie going to have? Do you to want s- them to? Uh, I mean, Dmitrievich, I think he, there was. I mean, he didn't actually want to sign. Oh, he was he was gone. He was gone. So you know, and then suddenly there was a last minute rethink. I don't know if it was the the club or the player that rethink. I think it was the player. Yeah, the uh, player came back. Change of heart. Or no better offer. Well, yeah, exactly. Uh, and you know his performances have been the performances of a player whose heart's not in it this mm. season to be honest it's like he was showcasing himself last season and then you know what happened mm, nothing actually so mm, just carry on then, I suppose I'll turn up for Sydney um, as for the rest of them well it's it's been a very tough season all round and just not stepped up mm. uh, the new new signings Minkovic is really disappointing, I think, mostly. Uh, Fatih and Tavares, not been there. But I think the, the, the basic problem is that they signed badly in attack. Yeah. Uh, and not having a, a recognised striker to take the lead beyond Brosk and then the depth of Smelts and Simon, which is what it was supposed to be, is just shown up uh, tremendously. The minutes, I was looking at the minutes for Smelts and Simon, and it's really, you know they've put in about a third of a season yeah. each not even that uh, and you know for them to be your lead strikers putting in a third of the season that says everything you need to know about the poor strike rate uh, and the poor return and the diminishing spot within the uh, the league mm. I, I just think of the the Sydney squad and then you compare it to the other teams or, or the top six teams and the players who, who they've who the other teams have recruited you know, they're, they're players that you can actually see building a future at that club with. Whereas Sydney, they, they haven't. They can't bring in. You know, Andrew Hall hasn't been a success, which a lot of people thought he would be, um, which is a bit disappointing. But maybe he's not been nurtured into the player that, that he could be. Again, he's had very few minutes. So, you know, is it chicken or egg? Did he not get the minutes to show himself to be incorporated into the side properly? Or were the fewer minutes reflection of his poor uh, ability and uh, potential to fit into the side? Um, but either way, he's not had an, a chance significantly to, to make an impact on the side. Mm. Um, yeah, I think the, the, it boils down to Arnie's decision at the beginning of the year not to re-sign Yanko uh, when he could have done he made the decision that Yanka was probably going to get too many international call-ups and that was going to interfere with the season. The reality is that that probably wouldn't have made that much of an impact mm. and certainly would have been less impact than not having a striker of significant quality uh, there. And Holosko was not a comparable replacement 
uh, and that that boil that falls back on Arnie. That was his decision not to re-sign Yenko, and that's where the uh, the problems have begun. So does that mean we just don't we don't want international players playing in the A League because or, or Arnie doesn't because it, it's going to impact? I think the problem with Sydney's transfer approach is that it's so contingent upon those marquee players delivering that you have to get that signing right. So if you have someone like Olosko who's disappointed compared to someone like Yanko, when we Sydney had Yanko, it worked. Yep. Now they have Olosko, he hasn't been as good, and that is you know that's the key to the kind of the setup of their team. So if you get that key decision wrong, that key player wrong, then it falls apart from that. Even when it, even when you get it right with Del Piero as we saw in the first season. You know, he, he was a good signing in the first season without any shadow of a doubt. But the rest of the team was so poor and the management and tactics of the team at that time was so poor that uh, even having a huge international star like Del Piero, who performed very, very well, was not enough to, to give success. There has to be that balance. And Sydney have struggled for the most part for all of the, uh, the 11 years of the A-League to get that balance right. Uh, and they're still struggling. Uh, you look at where Melbourne City have gone, where Melbourne Victory have gone, what Brisbane Roar are doing. There is so much more balance and depth throughout the squad, uh, and nurturing as well, uh, that you're not seeing properly at Sydney. There is a bit of nurturing, uh, to be fair to them, but getting the other the the the, the talent around there, that's just still not got the balance right after mm. eleven years. We mentioned marquees there. It's a hot topic of the um, FFA four-year strategic vision. Um, you boys were out there this morning? Yep. Yep. Uh, well, uh, I wasn't, but uh, Con was. Con, you went... Well, that dominated the discussion. Um, I think uh, the FFA have come up with a plan where there'll be it'll be a more centralised approach, kind of like the um, MLS. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're going to be taking... Um, so next season, um, uh, so the centralised approach will be contingent on the, on the TV deal. But before the season before the TV deal, they said they'll be putting money, a seven-figure sum, towards one marquee. No. Yeah, so next year it's a seven-figure sum mm-hmm. for one marquee player. But uh, because the... Uh, um, the money is coming in from the Socceroos playing Greece and England, and state government support. The money will be going towards funding a marquee player, and the FFA will take a role in uh, finding marquee players as well. So, so um, for, for those, did, did it go into much detail about the MLS structure? I, I don't really know what their marquee structure is. Do you, do you know much about? I believe you can. Every team has a designated number of marquee players, like the A League, but you can also go above the salary cap and you have to put in however much you go above it by you have to put that into a fund that then goes towards the other teams that couldn't afford one to okay. also oh, really? I, I believe right. it's something like that, that's, that's, I didn't know that that's at least the proposal I, might, I may be completely wrong but that's I, idea. I like that um, but yeah they have their, their designated player which is their uh, their marquees but the, the other teams can tra- I know the other teams can trade their designated player slot in return for more salary cap or uh, just straight cash, I think. Okay. Um, so that's, but I'm not quite sure that the A League is actually basing it on that. I think what the the A League is doing, certainly from what Gallup is saying, and we'll play that in a second, 
Um, they're looking at more like, look, we'll have a set slush fund for marquees, yeah. and all clubs can dip into that to assist them bringing in a top name marquee, and we will sign off if it's a substantial uh, marquee that's actually going to add to the A League in terms of personality, bums on seats. Mm. Um, it, it, it's a, it, I think it's going to be a fairly simple transaction. But uh, from what Gallup was saying, we'll come back to it in a minute um, after we've uh, listened to what he actually had to say. Go on, Dave. Take it away. The next, which I'm, I'm sure is going to be of, of interest uh, to everyone, is we're going to take a more centralised approach to marquee players. Um, prior to now, I think marquee players have been really the prerogative uh, and indeed the responsibility of A-League clubs uh, and some have taken that on board and others just haven't been able to uh, for a range of reasons. And we've typically sort of come in at the back end like we did with a player like Alessandro. Uh, we created a marketing um, arrangement w w with a player like him. Uh, we want to take a more centralised approach. We want to look at players who can not only uh, be great for a playing roster but can also add profile and personality to the overall competition. So you'll see us take a much more centralised approach. Of course, it's going to require funding and, and uh, the, the big opportunity will come when we do a new TV deal. Uh, but for the next season, uh, we will look for a seven-figure um, investment into, into a marquee player or players. And, and I think that will be welcome uh, not only across the A-League, uh, but also among fans of all clubs. Because as we know, when a player comes in uh, to, 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 to a club... Uh, he's also going to add to box office success uh, when his team is on the road. Uh, so everybody benefits, but it has to be the right player. That was David Gallup saying centralised a few times. But, uh, there, was, there, was, there was more in it than that. There was, there was more. No, that's good. I, I like that. You know, it's, it's what the league needs. You know, it that. is. Uh, you know, and I, I, I think it's, it's a bit of vision. I was uh, going to say that. I almost <laughs> asked that question... I almost said, "Is that vision, Mr. Gallup?" But I, I didn't want to. I'm almost certain that that's at the the back of the mind. And when they say, mm. when he says that there's going to be a, a seven-figure sum made available for next season for one club, for one marquee signing, it's clearly that he's looking to try and get KO on side. The interesting thing is going to be which club is going to get this act of benevolence from the FFA, and what the uh, the nine other clubs are going to feel about mm. this. Uh, well, he, he made a point that you know it's not just the club that's going to benefit; it's the box office success of going around to all the. But yeah, but the, at least you get that every that player every game there. Well, two things: one, yes, you the the, the box office uh, bounce for the other clubs is a real thing. We saw it with Robbie yeah. Fowler, we saw it with Del Piero, mm. but, but that's the box office bounce. The league table bounce is actually what's going to matter to fans. And if Cahill's banging them in for Sydney FC or Western Sydney Wanderers, and they, uh, the other teams have got Holosco uh, Mark II uh, in their squad, they're not going to be that um, that impressed. Well, surely the it, they've got to take a, an economic approach to it. So you're not going to give them to Victory or Wanderers because they can't fit any more fans in their stadium. But so it's going to be Sydney FC or City, Brisbane to a certain extent. Can you imagine the outrage if City were given seven figures by the FFA? We'd like to see. So that then brings you back to Sydney. Yeah. 
We'd like to think that City would be able to fund that themselves. Yeah. And, and he did, he City did say... City can fund that themselves. Too. Well, that's it. Well, that's Zinko isn't buying, um, you know, clothes from best and less. Yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely not. I mean, this is... is Next year is going to be a mess, I think, to be honest, because of this. Uh, I can see the benefits in, from 2017 onwards if we've got a new TV deal where there's a, a pool and clubs can dip into that to, to bolster their marquee funds. Mm. That's a good idea. You yep. don't have a problem with that. Next year is just creating new problems for themselves. But he, he did say club or clubs it's, as well. So it's not necessarily just this seven-figure sum, which we're, you know it could be... It could be Two million, depending on what the the TV deal is. The reality so. is that every club is going to pay to get the kind of stars that they're talking about. They're going to put bums on seats and bring personality and scoring prowess to the the, uh, the A League. You're looking at minimum million, absolute minimum of a million mm. per player, and realistically, probably two to four per player. Um, the FFA just doesn't have that kind of cash. They don't have 10, 20 million no. floating around spare. I mean, you said that um, the Greek games, the Greece games, are going to be funding next yeah, year. Yeah, so um, uh, let me just find this. Just talk about yourselves. So the revenues are going to be uh, ploughed into it, but there's no way on earth. Ch- uh, right. Oh, sorry. So specifically for the marquee fund for twenty seventeen. Okay. So this is what right. this is what he said regarding how they're going to fund it. I think we've got to allocate our current resources a bit differently, but also there are revenue opportunities next year, particularly to the Socceroos, and in the next round of qualification, expecting us to be there and expecting us to play more high profile opposition that will attract better gates, better state government support, so we have a little bit more money to play with. As I said, the real opportunity comes when the next TV deal rolls around. But what I thought. I'd, I'd like to ask you, Kevin, what this means because I asked him, um, "Will you force clubs to buy marquee players, and what percentage will you fund marquee players? Like, will you? Was it fifty percent, thirty percent?" And this is what he said: "We can't force a team. Obviously, there is no set percentage at the moment. Um, but this is what he said: There's also a bit of a horses for courses approach to this. Luis Garcia is an example of a player who has an instant impact in the Central Coast, and we need to be looking for the right players." for the right markets and for the overall league. What does a bit of a horses-for-courses approach mean? I think cheap marquees for cheap clubs. So if, you're, if your club has got the salary cap, uh, their spend coming in at the salary cap floor, yeah. then your marquee spend is going to be at the lower end of that spectrum too, Okay, I would, I would say. Uh, so Garcia is rumoured to be 50 grand a week, somebody told me yesterday. Uh which is still fairly substantial. Mm. I mean, over the course of a year, that would be... It depends whether it's per game or per uh, a week, annual week. That would be two and a half million uh, but it, for it, a year. It was or, only like a, uh, what, 11 week? I think no. it's only 14 weeks or something. 14 weeks. Something like that. Two and a half million for 14 weeks? No, no, no. No, no, no. If it was over the course oh, of a year. Oh, I thought it was a year. 50, yeah, yeah, 50 yeah. grand a week for a year is two and a half million. If it's uh, 50, oh, yeah. 50 grand a week for grand 10, for 14 games for the rest of the season, which is, which, is, which is still a, a decent chunk. Did it not come out that they were paying like 1.4 million for their, for their squad? No. For the season? No, they were coming in at the salary cap floor, which is 2.31 or something million. Ah, okay. Sorry, I was uh, and does anyone know if it was. Uh, weren't they 
initially when they were looking at marquees like Samaras, they were asking the FFA for money. So, well, I mean, did that the, happen the pr- with the Central Coast? Did the FFA help them? I'm not sure if they have or not, but I mean, it, it's standards um, practice that the FFA can help with the wages uh, by offering uh, marketing rights yeah. deals. They did that with Del Piero. Yeah, so yeah. There, there was club were chipping in X amount and the FFA chipped in an extra amount so they could use the, the image rights, yeah. mm-hmm. get the image rights for promotion. And, you know, they can take it elsewhere as well. There was one player who uh, a, was offered to us as a, a columnist, this is a long time ago, uh, to help subsidise his uh, a payments as well. So, you know, there are deals and there are deals. Yeah, and pay... Um, writing for the paper as well. Exactly. Yeah. You get exclusive. Yeah. 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 So, so it's, it's all part of the package. That so you're saying, together. like next season, we might have Caltech Stephen Gerrard potentially playing Who in the knows? league. Yeah. Stephen Caltech. Stephen Caltech. As he would be obligatory. <laughs> Legally obliged to know. That's just the fuel injection this league needs. Ooh, oh, thank you very much, Caltech. I'll, I'll take my check in the post. <laughs> All right, let's move. Stop b- being foolish. <laughs> <laughs> Pump up the gym. All right, um, <laughs> Mariners. Talking of Garcia and Mariners. Um, oh, they, before they we won? go, we should probably talk about oh, the rest of the uh, the four year strategy, which I think oh, boiled down to. Oh uh, yes, awesome. new logo, new website. Um, yeah, so they're going to uh, they want to increase their digital uh, components as well. So um, I think streaming and all that sort of stuff. But there was also questions asked about promotion and relegation, funnily enough. And it's mm. um, ultimately they see promotion and relegation being possibly part of it, which is not not the a, most non-committal answer. Yeah, you probably give without causing any. If offense. you've if you've got hopes for promotion expansion or promotion and relegation, then lower those hopes because that ain't happening soon. Start having a family because their your family's yeah, your family's <laughs> family's family might just get to see uh, yeah a second tier. Coming so um, yeah. that's what that, that's what that's what Gallup's doing. He's building for a future. He's planting a tree now that you know <laughs> generations will we'll see that we'll see the shade. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but talking of uh, ups and downs, Con, do you want to? You, you wrote a little bit of a oh, not a little bit. Uh, a mammoth feature in the latest yeah. issue of four four two. Well, that's um, funnily enough. Uh, uh, I uh, spent a long, t- a lot of time interviewing people about promotion and relegation um, in this feature. So, it's, should we start with expansion first? Should we have promotion and relegation? I talked to um, A League clubs, uh, uh, Sydney FC, discussed their ideas about not having a third Sydney team. Mm-hmm. Um, I talked to um, a team in Brisbane um, regarding uh, another derby, um, a Western Sydney Wanderers-style derby with Brisbane. Um, mm-hmm. I talked to the NSL clubs about their thoughts for promotion and relegation. Guess what? They want it. Really? Um, <laughs> Who'd have thunk it? Uh, I also <laughs> talked to other... Um, I talked to ex-Socceroos about um, teams in Wollongong, teams in Geelong, teams in Canberra as well. Um, we look at uh, other teams where they've gone from rags to riches, um, boom to bust, um, and cautionary tales. So teams like Gretna, um, Blackburn Rovers, Palmer, um, and a team in Iceland as well. Um, so there's a great story about them playing in a playing a German team in the Europa League 
um, with no uh, a German team flying to a ground with no stadium. Um, so yeah, so it's every if you, if you're into promotion and relegation, um, regardless of what the FFA. Uh, are saying read about the, read this um, feature because it's basically started from the FFA Cup. Mm. So the FFA Cup um, began all these other t- NPL teams and NSL teams uh, playing against the big boys, and they all want a slice of playing in the A League. And yeah, we discussed all that. It's a bigger discussion that we might have next week, actually. Mm. But it's all in the new magazine, which is out on Monday uh, next week. So grab your copy then and then come back to us for next week's podcast when we'll really talk about promotion and relegation in mm. detail good stuff speaking of relegation central coast <laughs> central coast mariners I'm, I, I'm I'm bored of it now I, 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 I feel I really do I'm starting to really feel for central coast mariners fans um, and, and they're obviously they, they're voting with their feet as well because they're, they're not turning up but who can blame them? You know, it is. I know you're playing one of the best teams in the league, but this is a team that's just come back from Japan and had a pretty intense schedule. They weren't. They weren't at the races. Victory. Mariners. This was a perfect opportunity to actually get their season back on track, and they just bottled it and just didn't turn up. Oh again. my gosh! Are, you, are they the Aston Villa of the A League? <laughs> That I don't is, know who that's harsher on, to be honest. That's, I don't know exactly. That's... <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's producer Joshua's uh, uh, input on that. Um, I'll give you, I'll give you bonus points for that. But you did get the score wrong. It's two 0 You put three 0 down there. So uh, yeah, sacked. Just one mistake. Sacked. Yeah, just one mistake out of a running <laughs> order. That's all you need. I love how he stands up for himself. <laughs> well that's the way. Um, it was an interesting week for the Mariners, though, because uh, they had Malcolm Turnbull up on the Central Coast, mm-hmm. opening their Centre of Excellence at Tuggera, which is a quite spectacular little yeah. development they've got going there. So that's a very good thing going. Um, but uh, they had the boss saying that they were going to make a profit this year. And it's an interesting conundrum. Uh, which would you rather have, a profitable side or a successful side? Ideally, you'd want both, of course, but uh, if it's going to be the foundation for them becoming competitive again by making a profit, then this season's pains, I guess, might be worth it. Um, But if it's just going to be the modus operandi from going forward, then we need wholesale change uh, at uh, a Central Coast Mariners, unfortunately. They also did a survey I was hearing of uh, members and the overwhelming message I'm told from within the uh, club was that members would resubscribe if Tony Walmsley wasn't the coach next season. Mm. Wow. Which I think is a Where was that? Was that on the Mariners forum? No, that was just within internal uh, Oh, really? Research. And what was the percentage? It was substantial. Substantial was what I was told which I think is a very harsh reflection. But having said that, when you analyse what he's done, he's not had a lot to work with, but what has he done with it? Could it have been worse? Possibly not, to be honest. And I think... Well, what, what, how much worse can you get? Exactly, yeah. Three wins. Yeah. And you look at the way that the young players have been developing. You've got players like... We talked about this a couple of weeks ago, Poscalero who I think has potential to be a decent develop, a decent player, but he's not getting any development or mentorship or control on the pitch. 
mm. uh, to bring him on, to take him to that next level. And he's losing the head and, you know, making rash decisions. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's yeah. harsh. And, and I, I worry for Marinus as well, because you look at the Marinus squads and teams from, from years gone by, there's always this young blood of this these young Aussies coming through that are going to go on to bigger and better things. You know, you, you, where are they in that Marinus squad? Yeah. You know, there might be two or three at best. Yeah. And when, when did they make the grand final? When did they win the grand final? Was it only three seasons ago? It was only. Uh, so it's not that far away. And, you know, those players, who's, le- who's left from the, from that squad? Well, I mean... The, not the, many players. The thing with the Mariners always, though, was that they would bring these new young players through. They would star and shine through to Christmas and then they would sell them off in January. Yeah. And then they, if they had made enough inroads in the season at the beginning of the first three months then they would ride their luck hopefully into the finals in the, the remainder of the season that development has not happened we've mm. seen Mitch Austin come through as a young player but other than that I'm struggling to think of anyone who's made lived up to his potential or developed in any way I can see potential there but I, I don't see it being developed and how did they make a profit? they're coming dead last they splashed out for a marquee player. I mean, even though you know they've got sponsors to pay for that, is that because they sold Kalik to I Croatia think. and um, what's his what's the other kid's name? Uh, the one went to Man City, Caceres. I think is that because to be of honest, those I think the majority of that profit will have come from Matt Ryan's sell-on fee. Ah, oh, yes, that's right. Uh, so that, that's probably where all so those three from. players would have because they got a big, they got like three hundred thousand for Caceres to Matt. Yeah. Um, but Man I mean, City Matt Ryan's. Group. If there was a sell-on fee plus there's a training fee, um, and the appearances, right? He's he's played probably yeah. over 15 games this season, so, yeah. have, so the, he'll be heading up to 20 as well. By the yep, there's probably a fair whack coming in from Ryan alone before you look anywhere else, mm. and that's not really an operating uh, business model. No, going forward. So yeah, I think Mariners are in a lot of strife. But if they can plow some money into the club next season and make it competitive again, when I pointed that out on Twitter, Tony Wormsley retweeted it. So maybe maybe it is the start of a competitive squad, or maybe he's just using that to uh, leverage uh, the board to make it competitive next season mm. using that money. Who knows? But we need to. Yeah, um, quick one on victory. You know, again they were they took this pretty easily. They cruised uh, to, to victory, really, didn't they? They did, but I still don't think they're out of the danger zone, to be honest. I mean, you would they have to win that match, obviously. But if they had lost it, they would have been fighting with Newcastle Jets next weekend uh, for yep. a potential uh, final spot. And that's dangerously close for a team of, of the quality history of Melbourne victory. They shouldn't be anywhere near that position. Uh, and they need to win consistently through to the end of the season to make sure it doesn't become a, a viable viable proposition. Newcastle Jets are strong. And Melbourne victory look weak. And this could be the first time the other Melbourne team finished higher in the league than them. Yep. Exactly it's so. looking pretty, pretty certain that it's going to be that way, isn't it? Excellent. Moving on to the last game of the round was Monday night. Do we do we know why it was a Monday night game? It, is, yeah. it was a public holiday. Public yeah. holiday over there, yeah. Yeah. right? Okay. Is it just because they're from Perth and they can just yeah, do whatever they want? They do what they want. And Perth 
dispatched Newcastle Jets 2-0. Castro um, impressed again. Keo with the opener. And uh, Georgie Shandor. I was doing my We Are Not Worthy in front of the TV for Castro's run and layoff oh, to Sander. Yeah. Oh. How oh. good was that? I mean, seriously, dragging the entire defence and the keeper yeah. to Castro and then just tapping it out from out of there. Sander runs in, scores. <laughs> the two beads combined. It was very nice. Um, good. No, we've, we've, we've done a lot today. Yeah, it feels like a. Is that, is that all we're going to say about Perth? I don't think so. I think so. <laughs> well, you know, we've got to give them their. their pro, pro, we've got to give them their props. Is that right? Props. You can give them they've, props if you want some props. They've been. Uh, they're in the top six now. So. Yep. They've been. Um, they've taken over Sydney FC spot. Yep. And they they look very good too. I mean, are they probably the second most informed team of the A League? I think they've won five. Yeah, six are. out of the last seven games or something like that. So yeah, did the uh, stuck the form of the last the league table after the last six, six games. Matches. Yeah, Adelaide, Perth, uh, and Sydney second last. Um, it's it's pretty devastating that table. I mean, in terms of form and in terms Sydney of, second yeah. last mm. in the last six games. Yep. Yeah, who's uh, last? Uh, Mariners. Mariners. Yeah. Wellington third last. Victory wow. in seventh spot. And you know, you if. You could realistically see the final table looking pretty similar to that. Uh, I think Jets are fourth on that table, which is probably f- far higher than they will finish in the end of the season. But mm. I can see seriously see them making the six. I feel that at vic- victory's expense. Yeah, victory are more a danger of dropping out of the top six in Perth by now. I think definitely. I think oh, Perth have got Central Coast next weekend. They win that. They could potentially leapfrog victory. Yep. And Jets are up against Wanderers, which is going to be a tough match for them. But, you know, Wanderers have been inconsistent as well. Uh, so, you know, yep. no telling what can happen in these games. Well, while we're giving Perth some props, um, for, again, for another team that didn't start fantastically, they uh, second, joint second top scorers in the league on 38 joint with Brisbane Raw. Season of two halves, man. Yeah. Season of two halves, as they say. I think Perth, as we said before, just recruited so well. Uh, over Christmas, New mm. Year, that was just turning the season around for them. Just final ingredients needed. Uh, Kyo hasn't been quite as devastating as he was last season, but he has made such an impact and just given renewed confidence and just provides the the finish mm. to that side uh, and is going to grow increasingly more uh, prominent as the season goes on. I think. I think it could be interesting to see how high they can finish as well. In that, if they they're a pretty formed team at the moment. Everyone else above them, apart from Adelaide, is pretty inconsistent. There's an ch- outside chance they could make top four, really. Oh, well, yeah, I think there is a, a chance, but I, I think if they can finish fifth, that's still a good result considering the start of the season they had. Uh, and I don't see any reason why they won't. I think the only question mark is whether or not uh, Jets' A victory replace, are replaced by Jets. Uh, and FFA, if that happens... Can you imagine the FFA's face? Well, we mentioned on a pod a few weeks ago. Someone would be ripping, Gallup would be ripping some flares in, uh, in, <laughs> in Perth Stadium, only. <laughs> <laughs> but um, looking ahead to this weekend's games, we've got Adelaide City on the Friday night. But you know, we talked about that there. Like either team could win there. So, or, or if Adelaide do win, you know that City can can kind of drop down. Could be 
the the gap between Perth and City could be closened. Didn't Melbourne City smash Adelaide last time down there? Or was it the opposite? I, I, I think that remember. was actually the last one. Of the last, it was either the last or second last game that Adelaide lost. Yeah. And they lost 4-0 or they something. They just smashed them. But since then, yeah, tables have been be. turned. And it, it's going to be a good test to see where Adelaide are now compared to you know November. Mm. Uh, I think they're a completely different outfit. And I, I, I can not only see them winning, but probably winning impressively. That's going to be a great crowd. But I think it's going to be a great match. Yeah. yeah. Top of the league. It's going to be um, packed atmosphere. Realistically, it's probably right, going to end up a draw. But I think it'll be a very entertaining draw. Mm. Sydney have a chance of getting some points, which is desperately needed against uh, Wellington Phoenix on the early game on Saturday. Brisbane Roar and victory. Again, another another game that, you know, you, Perth Crew have got to be looking at that league table and thinking either team could take points off each mm. other there. Um, as you said, could leapfrog victory quite comfortably. Um, Glory will host Mariners the late game on Saturday night, and Jets will host Western Sydney Wanderers Sunday afternoon. And that concludes our monster pod. You know, we didn't even get a chance to talk to, talk about Asian Champions League, which uh, Josh very well uh, previewed for us anyway. But um, but yeah, that was a good win for Sydney. All being. All, everything that we've said about uh, them having a disastrous season and Arnie struggling that was a huge huge win for them uh, excellent effort yeah got to praise them victory did well previous game drawing 1-1 with Gamba away from home another fantastic result as well so mm. it's it's great to see us doing so well in Asia it would be interesting to see if Sydney and victory outside the top 6 but second mm. in the knockout stages of the Champions League yeah that's true Wanderers Excellent. Gents, Tom, thanks for coming in today, mate. Cheers. Nice, very good pod debut. Joshua, nice techers. Good work on the on the producing there. Khan, Kev, thanks as always. Thank you very much. Thank you, mate. It's a posting job. I have been your host, Adam, and we will speak to you again next week. Ta-ra. Mm-hmm.